0: Welcome to More Than a Budget, a podcast presented by Relational Media. Co-founders Jeff Fine Thomas, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and John Mitchell, a certified financial planner, combine the fields of psychology and personal finance to help couples improve their relationships and discover what is more important than money. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Jeff. Today we're going to be talking about therapy and um, the financial aspect of it, of, you know, can we afford it? I think uh, a lot of couples have built budgets and, you know, kind of financial structures where there's not a lot of extra room um, for, for therapy expenses. And Jeff and I've talked about this before, Jeff, just real quick, what are some basic ranges um, for the cost of therapy weekly? No insurance involved, just no,
1: just, just okay. So if we're not using insurance, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it really depends on where you're going there are community mental health places that might cost fifty or a hundred dollars an hour, mm-hmm. um, or you know, private practice. Depending on your city, might be from two hundred to four hundred dollars an hour. And of course, when you involve insurance, then that changes.
0: So, if you can imagine, all of a sudden, making a commitment—maybe a year, maybe a two-year commitment—to between two and three hundred a month to eight or nine hundred a month. Sure. Most people don't just have that loosely laying around. Sitting around. So, you know, therapy isn't one of those things that you say, hey, in five years, let's be ready to pay for therapy.
1: Right. When you need it, you need it now.
0: So hmm. I have kind of an of analogy that I think about. Okay, let's hear So So, um, you know, imagine that you've decided to go on a family vacation. You know, where are we going? We're going to Disneyland. And so, you know, you take the family to Disneyland you have a great time. You had a budget. Um, you had a time budget. You had to be back at work, you know, the following Monday or Thursday or whatever it was. Um, you get there, you have a great time. You're running on time. You're running on budget. Everything's great. You call the airline to check in and your flight's been canceled, which by the way, that kind of apparently happens here recently. Yeah. Um, and not only has your flight been canceled, but the chances of you getting rerouted anytime soon is close to zero. So you start looking around and you start realizing that in order to get the family home, it may cost a thousand bucks to change airlines or you know, hop rent on a, a car, bus or whatever, rent a car, whatever it's going to take. It's It's now going to blow your budget up. Now, you could look at that situation and go, well, I'm not doing this. I will not address this problem because it is outside of my plan. But that creates a real problem because the rest of your life has to keep moving. Your boss is expecting you the... You know, the, you were planning on being back at work on Monday.
1: Yeah, maybe you lose your job if you don't show up on Monday.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think of therapy as kind of one of these unexpected, important things. And I think a lot of us, when we, when we see stuff like this that shows up in our budget, the first reaction is, is to kind of deny that it's important. So, Jeff, you want to take a shot at some of the mechanisms that go on as to, you know, how how can we determine if something's, if, if the need for therapy is important?
1: Yeah. I think hopefully it's not a shock to anyone to imagine that our our minds are in conflict all the time. You know, we have, you know, the example we sometimes, you and I sometimes use is, you know, like I love, I personally love chocolate. I also probably need to lose five or 10 pounds. Those two things, you know, are separate motivations. And sometimes when I look at that chocolate cake, um the motivation to lose the 10 pounds is absent, right? I'm just focusing on the chocolate, which is so my mind's in conflict about all of our minds are in conflict about things all the time, and that's certainly true when it comes to making a decision about going to therapy. You know, oftentimes people when they're going to therapy, they just before they they make the call there. They want to exhaust all of their options. They want to try everything they know to try to solve whatever problem they're having. Mm-hmm. And it's really at some point when they can no longer put a solution on the problem that has you know, any possible help to it, that they actually pick up the phone or, or send an email or whatever. So, you know, it's, a, we are often in a position of being quite hesitant to go to therapy. There's who, who really wants to reveal our, all of our deep secrets. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard, it's hard work, a lot of heavy lifting there.
0: You know, and I think we all grow up with a certain amount of stress in our life and we think we can manage it. And, you know, Hey, it was just harder this week than it was last week. It'll get better. Hey, it was harder this month than it was last. I've just had a bad year. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden I think for some people you start realizing hey, the wheels are getting ready to come off. It probably, I'm probably now behind. I probably, I really wish I would have done something about this before. And so by the time we recognize that it's important, by the time we finally figure out that our flights got canceled, um, it's now something that we really wish we would have addressed earlier.
1: Right. You know, you know, the old joke denials, not just a river in Egypt, Sure, sure. Um, but denials, you know, or any form of dismissing is a potent way in which we kind of delay doing something that we need. We know we need to do, but that seems painful to mm-hmm. us.
0: Yeah. So we assume that everybody has done some sort of planning um, as a family or as a couple to say, Hey, here's who we want to be. Here's where we want to go. You know, and we may not have formalized that overall plan, you know, in writing or any, you know, wonderful planning system that we use, but but we know where we live, we know where we work, we know how we pay the bills, roughly, right? Yeah, sure. Um, but there's an assumption in there that the family is healthy, and that both partners are healthy, mm-hmm. and that since we're both healthy, we'll be able to continue on our way and continue on the plan.
1: Yeah, there's a distinction between healthy and stable Uh because a lot of people have a stable life. They do routine things every day, but they're not healthy things. Mm -hmm. So they experience them as stable over time, but not necessarily as what's good for them.
0: So, you know, sometimes we see these things that are dragging us back. Um, You know, I'm not the mental health professional, but you know, Maybe you're going through grief, uh, maybe you're dealing with some depression, and you're finding that as a couple or as a family, um, you're not making progress on your plan. And you can double down and try to work harder, or you can start having a conversation about, hey, I think we're having a hard time moving forward, and I think either A, you're in pain, or you're having a hard time, or I'm in pain, and I'm having a hard time, and Um, It feels like this has to get addressed in order to, and I'm going to say this really important, this is a really important in order to protect our ability to make progress on our plan. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think, I think it's really important to recognize exactly what you're saying, which is sometimes things in life come up that are unexpected that derail us from what we hope to be doing as a couple or as an individual. And, Sometimes we believe that we're just going to keep going down the path, imagining that it's going to get us to where we want to go while we're, you know, bleeding out or something horrible is happening.
0: Athletes deal with this all the time. You know, you set season goals, you set, you know, aspirational goals. You you try, I'm going to do this or I'm going to train for that. And you twist an ankle or, you know, you get the stomach flu and, you know, you can fight through those things to a certain extent, but at some point in time, you have to address the issue.
1: Yeah. You have to make a decision about what you're going to do.
0: And what it means to be healthy. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think um, financially speaking, people might be saying to themselves, well, where, in, where does this magic money that you're um, about to tell me about that, you know, is going to pay for this right. massive expense that we didn't have in the budget? And, you know, maybe I'm going to say something here as a financial planner that may sound, you know, kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, I'm a big fan for saving for retirement. I'm a big fan for having an emergency reserve account. Um, I'm a big fan in paying off debt. I'm a big fan of not having credit cards. But there's a point when if something's broken, you have to recognize that either, A, we need to, Turn our 20-year plan or our 10-year plan into a 15- or 25-year plan because there is something that we have to address. You know, maybe it only extends your plan a year because you got to take a year and focus on helping somebody in the, in the relationship get healthy.
1: I think you're saying something really important, which is that if you have something you need to deal with now, it might be okay or even important to delay the plan you've been working on in order to take care of the problem you have right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're always talking about prioritizing things, right? Your core values. What are your, what are your two or three things that you really want to be about as a family? And every once in a while, something comes up that you have to say, as a couple, we are going to set some of these core things aside for a minute or two because this other thing has become real. And maybe it's becoming real for a little while and we can address it or maybe it's becoming real for so long and it's so big that we need to sit down and rethink what some of our core issues are mm-hmm. so kind of going back to the you know the travel analogy you know if i were taking a road trip and the range on a full tank for my car is let's say it's 500 miles and i figured out that i can make it all the way to my destination, get there at 6 p.m., right on time, um, and I don't have to gas up. And so I commit to that. and I'm all excited about it because I'm a guy, and that's the kind of thing that we're excited <laughs> about. Um, but what I didn't plan on was a 40-mile-an-hour headwind the whole way. And as I'm watching my gas gauge, it's becoming really apparent that I'm going to be about 50 or 60 miles short. I would be crazy. Um, I would make the, my wife and my car absolutely livid if I said, nope, we are pushing through because that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's going to say to me, we're going to be on the side of the road 50 miles out with no gas. And be
1: very unhappy with it. And you. I'm
0: going to be very mad. Um, and we're all going to be sad. And that's how it is. And I think there's moments that we have to recognize that some factor has showed up in our life um, that is demanding our attention Maybe more than saving for retirement, maybe more than saving for a kid's education, uh, maybe more than rebuilding um, our savings account, maybe more than staying out of debt. Maybe you've worked really hard to get out of debt um, over the last seven years and going to therapy um, might put you back into debt for another year or two to get that worked on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can think of some times where that's a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's sometimes easy for us to imagine that th- that what you're describing would be helpful if someone had cancer, or, you know, or if you if you had to deal with some major crisis. Sometimes we imagine therapy doesn't have that kind of uh, magnitude in our life, when in fact it does. Mm-hmm. We we want to believe that it's not that important until it all falls apart, and then it's suddenly you know a crisis.
0: So as we're as we're kind of approaching, kind of the turn here, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you're going, you know, I I don't think I need therapy, and I don't think my partner does. Um, what you're also hearing us kind of implicitly describing um, is just the way that life works sometimes. So sometimes you have a lot of plans and you have a lot of goals and you have a process and you think it's all very durable and something shows up. Maybe it's an unexpected job change. Um, maybe maybe you have to go back to school for two years to change your skills because your job isn't going to be around anymore. That certainly wasn't in the plan. You know, maybe um, you decided to have kids and you decided that you're both going to work and do daycare. And after a couple of years of that, after lots of discussions and, and, and value decisions, you say, we really can't do this. We we really are going to choose to have one person stay home um, and, and raise the kids. Those, those are the kinds of things that happen to families. Um, so it's not just therapy.
1: Yeah, you're saying the strategy that we're talking about using to try to pay for therapy could be the same strategy you need to use in other circumstances, like if you had to stay home with kids to take care of them, or if there was some other kind of a situation like a job loss.
0: Or a parent moving in with you. Maybe you're part of the sandwich you know, generation struggles. Sure. There are things in life that every once in a while we have to kind of throw up the pause button and say, hey, something has changed and something important, something big, something disruptive is now competing with the core values that we've laid out and competing with this nice smooth system um, that we have enjoyed for X amount of time. And so you have a, what we you know, might call a triage moment where you say, is, has this thing, you know, a need for therapy, a need to take care of a parent, a need to take care of a child, has this thing risen to the level that we need to rethink the way that we do things for a period of time? And if you have spent some time as a couple um, communicating about these things um, and have some practice being curious, being flexible, then you have an opportunity to address these things with, I don't want to say minimal disruption, but
1: at least more smoothly,
0: more smoothly. Absolutely.
1: We have some closing questions for people to consider Mm -hmm. when they're thinking this through. So one of them, the first one is, you know, have we been having the same challenge for an extended period? Are we stuck? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we recognize we need something to change when we have the experience of stuckness. So it's an important thing to kind of pay attention to because sometimes we just like to plow through something, believing that our persistence is going to get us to resolution when it doesn't. Right. So if you find yourself stuck, that might be a time to be thinking, "What do I need to do differently?"
0: Yeah. And do you feel like you have the support of your spouse that you know if if something were to come up with me, if there were to be a physical problem, if there was a um, an emotional problem, if there was something that you know that I felt like I needed to work through. Do I feel that I have the permission from my spouse to kind of hold up the flag and say, can we stop the train for a minute? I need help.
1: And use your resources to do that. Correct. Yeah. The uh, next one is, is, is your plan going to help you to move in the direction you want? You know, are we, are, is what's happening derailing you? Do you need to revamp your plan so that you can figure out how to actually get some traction with whatever direction you're wanting to go in your life.
0: You know, I think all the time, I think, you know, do we need to back up from here? You know, we always want to move forward. But sometimes you have to back up. Yeah. And take a look at things differently. And then once you get it solved, then you can get back up to speed again. But just sitting there struggling through it and not making progress is not a good choice all the time. Yeah.
1: I think the last one is, you know, you both have the patience to let the investment unfold because we're talking about making an investment. We're, you know, we're using therapy as the example, mm-hmm. investing in yourself by going to therapy and solving a particular kind of problem that's been, you know, troublesome in some way or another. But it could be anything; mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that. Whatever your investment is, do you have do you have a sense, like a realistic sense of like? How is that going to unfold over time? We all understand, I think, implicitly that if you go to three hours of therapy, the problem's not going to be solved, right? Whatever it is you're hoping to change is not going to be changed in three hours. So there needs to be some patience about that. How how are we going to hold on to that patience so that we can see the investment grow?
0: Yeah, so the idea is if we take a moment, and that moment might be a year, it might be more than a year, but if we take some time and work on healing, can we move faster after we're put back together? Yeah. Can we enjoy the, move, the movement more after we're put back together? And, and again, I think that goes beyond just therapy. That, that opens a lot of questions of every once in a while, is it okay to let go of your plan for a short period of time to take a detour in order to make the rest of the journey better? Um, And I think that's what good communication allows couples to do. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a like, comment, or review. And tell your friends. New episodes drop weekly. Learn more about Jeff and John at relational-media.com.